five loading one and two and effects two. Stepping out now, we're live at 60. Broussard trying to stagger free. Meanwhile, it's played along to him. Centering pass flagged down by Green. Played into traffic, though. Starting back up with a mouse. Martinez in a three on two. Clifford gave it across. It's held in a shot. It's a Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Scoop Talk Show right here with your host, Sean Harris, right here on Yellow Jacket Network. That's right, Sir Alton John is right again. Another Wednesday has gone. Another Wednesday has come around. And I'm glad that you can spend your time with me right here on the Scoop Talk Show on Yellow Jacket Network. The Scoop Talk Show is simultaneously being broadcast in 33 countries worldwide. The network is powered by Simplecast. You can now download and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Simplecast, Spotify, and Yellow Jacket Network. You can follow, like, subscribe, and rate the Scoop Talk Show on Facebook. The Scoop Talk Show is on Instagram. That's right. We are on Instagram as well under The Real Sean Harris. That's The Real S-H-A-W-N Harris. And the show's Twitter page at capital YJ Media. Capital K, little A, capital Z, little double O. The Scoop Talk Show is brought to you by the following sponsors. WMU, Go Broncos, OMG Sweets. OMG Sweets has everything you need to sweeten that sweet tooth of yours, from cakes to cookies to cups cakes. She has it all. She also does private catering for all occasions, so if you have an event around the corner or down the road, she got you covered. You can contact her, follow her, and place an order on her Facebook and Instagram pages at OMG Suites. That's double O-H-E-M-M-G-E-E Suites. OMG Suites. Oh, what a heavenly treat. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop, located near WMU University or KL, provides everything you need for your smoking needs and has the best deals from e-liquids to vapes to hookahs to CBDs to glass pipes and much more. For special deal weekly, follow and like and subscribe to their Facebook and Instagram pages at Stay Glassy KZU. Go see Guri today. KZU Coney, located at the Bernhardt Center of Western Michigan University's campus, has great food from breakfast to lunch on the menu. So if you're coming to visit Kalamazoo or happen to live in KZU, drop in and visit KZU Coney. Great food, great service, great staff. KZU Coney, home away from home. And Residence Inn of Marriott, Kalamazoo. Provides everything you need for a getaway stay when visiting Kalamazoo with luxurious and spacious king and queen size penthouses, double full size suites, full kitchens complete with microwave, coffee maker, dishes, and cutlery. Complete service by the ha- housekeeping staff, complimentary breakfast every day, and free Wi Fi in every room, and a great staff to help with anything you need during your stay. That's Kalamazoo Marriott Residence Inn. We have a great show for you today, jam-packed hour. We're going to talk a little bit about Wild Card Weekend. We're going to talk a little bit about the Bills and the Texans and the Titans and Patriots, the Vikings and Saints, and the Seattle Seahawks against the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to dip right off into some NCAA basketball with Michigan State and Michigan. That rivalry has just begun to heat up once again. And we're going to have much more. Right here on the Scoop Talk Show on Yellow Jacket Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What do I 
Hello everyone, Sean Harris here, host of the Scoop Talk Show. Have you ever wondered about going to the store or something like that and you just not quite satisfied with what they have in the grocery stores or bakeries to satisfy that sweet tooth of yours? Well, I have the answer. Yes, OMG Sweets. Yes, OMG Sweets will provide everything you need for that sweet tooth of yours from anywhere from cakes to pies to different types of pastries to cupcakes, even handmade candy. Baked fresh and ready to order for your enjoyment. Yes, OMG Sweets provides everything you need to sweeten that sweet tooth of yours. You can find her on her Facebook page and also on Instagram at OMG Sweets. And also, did I forget to mention something? She also does personal catering to provide you with everything you need for a certain occasion of yours that you may have coming up or you're planning months ahead. Yes, OMG Sweets. You can contact her once again on her Instagram page and her Facebook page at OMG Sweets. That's double O H E double M G double E Sweets. OMG Sweets. Oh, what a heavenly treat. Place your order today. Hey, Kalamazoo, did you know there's a new smoke shop in town? Hey, I didn't either. But guess what it is? It's called Stay Glassy Smoke Shop. Located by Western Michigan University campus, Stay Glassy has everything that you need to provide you with your smoking needs. They have hookahs, vapes, glass pipes, CBDs, grinders, and e-liquids. Also, Stay Glassy has the best prices on their glass pipes, CBDs, and much, much more. They have a huge e-liquid sale while supplies last. Stay Glassy. You can follow them on their social media page for weekly deals at Facebook at Stay Glassy KZU and also on Instagram at Stay Glassy KZU. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop, located at 3645 West Michigan Avenue, Kalamazoo, Michigan, 49006. Go see Guri and the guys today. Hey, this is Brad Rose. This is your boy Antoine Steele. This is Zach Medeiros, Kicker and partner for the Toronto Argonauts. You are listening to the Scoop. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show. You guys are listening to the Scoop Talk Show. With my boy Sean. Sean here on the Yellow Jacket Network. Yeah. Hey, what's up? All you lovely people. Please subscribe and follow me on all social media. Your support is very much appreciated. Thank you. everyone and welcome back we're going to talk about the nfl to start out the show yes wild card weekend has became upon us and now it's gone and now we're going to go down to the final nitty-gritty of things heading into next saturday's matchup we're going to start out by talking about the houston texans and the buffalo bills buffalo bills went into this game the favorites over houston jj Watt was injured they didn't know whether or not he was going to play, but then at the last minute, uh, they brought him back onto the practice squad. Now he's back on the roster, and he played. And boy, did he ever play down the stretch. But the Bills, I got to hand it to him. The Bills jumped out early on the Houston Texans, 16 to nothing. And everybody pretty much thought that this game was over going into the second half. But then the Houston Texans made big plays down the stretch, big throws um, by. Um, Deshaun Watson, and man, what could you say about that young man? His second season, you know what I'm saying, magnificent. I mean, he was outstanding in that second half of that football game, bringing them back to tie the game at 19. Then they go to overtime. And what a heck of a strength he displayed in that last drive to help them win that football game. He was hit lower 
and upper almost simultaneously, still had enough strength to get that football down the field on their winning drive, and they went on to win, kicking the field goal, the game-winning field goal, I should say, 22-19 to 19 in overtime. When I seen that play, I was in shock. I was like, oh, my goodness. You know what I'm saying? How did the world he ever do that? He, like I said, he got hit low and high almost simultaneously and still came up out of it, and I thought for sure he was sacked. I thought for sure the defense had him, game was over. But the big play of that whole scenario was J.J. Watt. In that last Buffalo Bills drive, J.J. Watt proved why he is the force to be reckoned with in the NFL as a defensive player, let alone he is the man of that Houston Texans defense. He forced a lot of plays against Josh Allen, forcing him to scramble out of the pocket, forcing Josh Allen to run when he, when he didn't want to run, and sacked him a few times. So, to me, J.J. Watt was the equalizer and the difference maker in that drive for Buffalo, setting up Houston to do what they did to win that football game in overtime. Like I said, the Houston Texans won 22-19 in overtime. Josh Allen was 24-46 for 264 yards. Deshaun Watson, like I said, what could I say? He was 20 out of 25 he for 247 yards, one touchdown, and a passer rating of 121.2. I mean, he was outstanding in that second half. And I, like I said, I had no idea how Houston was going to come back and win this football game, let alone get back into this football game. But they did, and they went on to win. In the rushing category, Devin Singletary, hey, this kid was outstanding too. He had 13 hard carries, ran some tough 58 yards, and no turnovers. He played pretty good to keep the ball moving, keep the chains moving with a little bit of effort that he put into for the Buffalo Bills. Carlos Hyde, 16 carries, 48 yards for the Houston Texans. They really didn't rely too much on the running game, but when those two players' was, numbers was called, they stepped up to the plate, and they gave just what they needed to do. And, like I said, Houston went on to win that football game 22-19. to The Tennessee Titans and the New England Patriots. Now, a lot of people had the Titans barely edging to win this game on the spread against the Patriots. And New England... Got back in the game. I mean, Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill, got them an early score in that first quarter, jumping out to 7 nothing. Well, 7-3, I should say. And, hey, Brady said, you know what? I've been doing this all my career. We're going to get this. Came back, took the lead, and it kind of went stalemate on both sides of the football. But then when the second half rolled around, and tied at 13, when the game was on the line, Brady threw that interception. They was driving, trapped at the one, on a beautiful punt, and trapped them inside the one-yard line, two-yard line, somewhere like that. And what Brady do? Like I said, he threw that interception, six points to the house, Tennessee Titans end up winning that game, 20-13. to 13. Ryan Tannehill... Played pretty good. He was 8 out of 15 for 72 yards of TD and a pick. Tom Brady, he was 20 for 37, 209 with one interception. That big, costly interception that eliminated them out of the playoffs in the closing moments of that football game. Derrick Henry, the leading rusher of the year, he had 34 carries for 182 yards and one TD. Sony Michelle, excuse me, for the Patriots, had 14 carries for 61 yards. And in the receiving category, you had Anthony Fisker. He had two receptions, 23 yards, one TD. Julian Elliman did all he could. He had three receptions for 30 yards. But it was just simply still just was not enough because the Tennessee Titans defense held the Patriots to 13 points. And it was just a, a win, a big win, I should say, for the Tennessee Titans, who, like I said, was slightly as favorites. I say maybe about odds maker said about five points or so, maybe somewhere like that. It was somewhere like within a touchdown. But they went on to win the game. 
twenty to thirteen over the, the Patriots. So now the question is where that leaves Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady gonna come back? For what I understand, according to sources and reports, five teams are already interested in him as of right now, now that their season is over. Would Brady just say, well, you know what? I'm just going to just wait until we look at the offseason, how we look at everything with the draft, trades, the combine coming up next month. Um, we don't know what Tom Brady going to do. Tom Brady right now has not speculated on what he's going to do. He's keeping everything quiet. Uh, Belichick is not saying anything. And, of course, we all know Robert Kraft, I don't even think anybody decided to talk to him about Brady's future. But Brady, right now, is uh, sitting, waiting. He's going to spend some time with his family. He's going to think some things over. Because remember, he said before the season started, he wanted to play till he was like 45 years old. But the question is, is it going to still be with the Patriots going into next season? Or is it going to be somewhere else? Me, myself, personally, I don't think Brady is going anywhere. I think Brady is going to stay in New England. I think that that's a best, fit, a best fit for him to stay in New England. He just, for this year, just didn't really have a lot of big, integral pieces around him. Gronk retired. The running game was kind of like so-so. The receiving court was not all that great. You know, the tight ends, eh, they was all right, but also, too, could use a little bit more work, you know, to replace Gronk. Um, the running game was not all that significantly strong. And Brady just didn't have a lot of key weapons around him. And Brady now got older. And he cannot put a team on his back, at least I don't believe, at this particular age he is, to try to guide them to a Super Bowl. He's going to need some help next season. And he's just, to me, I think he's just going to wait and see what the outcome is going to be of players that they're going to draft or trade for or look at in the combine to draft to see whether or not he's going to say, hey, look, I'm going to come back or I'm just going to retire. I don't think Brady's going to sign with another team. It don't make any sense for him to sign with another team. He spent all of his career in New England. He's won six championships in New England, tied with the uh, 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 Pittsburgh Steelers for the most ever with the New England Patriots. And I couldn't see him wearing number 12 nowhere else. A lot of people saying the Chargers. A lot of people saying possibly another team out there, you know, but it's like, I don't think he's going to do it. I think he's going to stay, he's going to stick around, and he's going to finish out his career in New England and try to work with Belichick in the best format possible without any more, you know, distractions or headbutts between them and whatever the case may be. So once again, the final score was Tennessee Titans 20, New England Patriots 13. At Gillette Stadium. Sunday's matchup in the NFL was between the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. Same thing. Vikings and Saints. It's kind of close in the favorite eye, but it kind of leaned towards the Saints. Minnesota, Minnesota Viking com, Vikings coming in there to uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in New Orleans. And they played great. They stayed Competitive with the New Orleans Saints. Got into a 20-20 tie. They also went to overtime as well. And I believe, I don't know about y'all, but I know a lot of Saints fans out there were P.O.'d. Mad, believe me, people, mad. Because when I saw the last end of that game, because I didn't get a chance to watch the whole complete game, but when I saw the last closing moments of that game, Rudolph did push off. No doubt about it. That should have been offensive interference. And that would have gave the Saints another opportunity to try to stop them from scoring. But a flag wasn't called. And the Saints went on to lose to the Minnesota Vikings 26-20. to The big throw Kirk Cousins threw down to uh, Thielen was a big play, setting all of that up in double coverage. And then from there on, it was just what it was. Well, we all saw it. But like I said, I know Saints fans out there were pretty mad about that because that was a situation where, you know, it was like Michael Jordan and the Utah Jazz in the, in the finals that year, 98 finals. Michael clearly pushed off to get that jump shot. 
But a lot of people, particularly Bulls fans, were saying, no, he did, no, he did. But when you look at the replay and they show it over and over and over again, Jordan did push off. And that's the same thing with Thielen. Not Thielen, excuse me, with Rudolph. Rudolph pushed off, caught the ball in the end zone, game over. Now, a lot of people want to say that Kirk Cousins didn't, don't deserve a lot of the praise at that given moment. I'm going to give him his opportunity. I'm going to give him his praise for that. You know, he played a pretty good game. Yeah, of course, he can't win the big ones. Yeah, of course, he uh, can't win on Monday night. But he threw a, a nice pass to Thielen, setting that up. Then he threw a, the touchdown pass to Rudolph which I believe, like I said, once again, he pushed off, and he did good. So let's let, let, let Captain Kirk have his moment. Let's let him have his moment because I don't think they're going to get past San Francisco at all. I don't think they're going to get past San Francisco. San Francisco was too strong all the way around on both sides of the football, and the, the 49ers is just a team that is way outmatched the Minnesota Vikings team. Way outmatched. They, they, they got him beat in all categories, in my opinion. So we're going to let him have his moment. And, like I said, hey, congratulations to the Vikings. I feel bad about the Saints. The Saints got cheated. I really felt that the Saints did get cheated because they should have called a flag on that, and they didn't. And the Saints went on to win. That means the Saints went on to lose 26-20. to 20. And Kirk Cousins ended up 19 of 31 for 242 yards, and that only touchdown he threw for the game. Taysom Hill for the Saints, he was one of one, 50 yards, and that was all was able to be mustered up from him because they took Drew Brees out of the game so that he could come in. In the rushing category, Dalvin Cook, he was he had 28 carries for 94 yards with two TDs. He played outstanding in that game, keeping the Minnesota Vikings right there with the New Orleans Saints in the scoring department. Alvin Kamara, he has seven carries for 21 yards, a TD. In the receiving category, like I said, Adam Thielen, that big reception in overtime that set it all up for the Vikings. He, was, he had seven receptions. He was targeted nine times throughout that whole game for 129 yards. And Michael Thomas, he was only seven for seven, he only had seven receptions. He was targeted eight times for only 70 yards, 70 yards, and he became a non-factor with the situation happening with Drew Brees. So, once again, the Minnesota Vikings will travel to San Francisco and play the 49ers, and that should be next Saturday, I believe, or next Sunday. I'm, I gotta, I gotta see what the what the situation is with that. And the Minnesota Vikings, like I said, went on to win 26-20 over the New Orleans Saints. The nightcap of the wild card weekend was the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Philadelphia. Now, a lot of people don't like that idea that you have a 9-7 team hosting the Seattle Seahawks, which was 11-5. Which was 11 and 5. And they want to change that. No, let's keep that because you have to have a winner in each division. And it doesn't matter because, remember, when these last two teams met up, it was reversed. The Eagles traveled to Seattle, and the Seattle Seahawks was 7-9, and nine, and the Philadelphia Eagles was 12-4. and four. So let's not complain about it now because when the Eagles had to go travel, they had a winning record, they had to go to Seattle. So why not have Seattle come here? And that was just two years ago. So the Seattle Seahawks traveled to the Philadelphia Eagles, and I give a lot of congratulations to the Eagles because they won four straight going into this game right here. Depleted, injured, riddled, you name it. They was going through it all, all season long, and they found a way to come back, steal the NFC East from the Dallas Cowboys, who should have handily won that East title easily by at least winning about 11, 12 games. And it shouldn't have been a no-brainer for the Cowboys. That, was, that division this season was handed to the Cowboys, and the Cowboys messed that up. So the Eagles got in. Cowboys is out. They hosted this game on Sunday, and they ended up losing to the Seahawks 17-9. Carson Wentz went down 
with that concussion, and Josh McCown had to come in to take his place. But the Eagles just never could get into the game because at the end of the half, they was down 10-3, to and then Seattle scored a quick touchdown, and Philly was only able to manage six points, but that wasn't good enough. That wasn't enough for them to win this football game to try to take the, this game from Seattle so that they could move on to the next round. So like I said, they lost 17-9, to and Russell Wilson played phenomenal, like everybody knew he would, because he's the one that's carrying Seattle on his back, and the beast mode has made his return as well to the lineup in this game, even though he was not effective. But it was good to see him back out there on the field. It was great to see Marshawn Lynch out there doing his thing, and I'm glad to see him back. Russell Wilson, like I said, he was 18 out of 30 for 325 yards and a TD. He had a passer rate of 108.3. Josh McCown, like I said, had to come in to take over for Carson Wentz, who suffered that hit injury. Uh, I'm believing it was a concussion, but really don't I really couldn't tell for sure. But that's what I believe it was. He was knocked out of the game. He did not return. Josh McCown went 18 of 24 for 174 yards. Rushing department, Marshawn Lynch wasn't really a non-factor, but his presence alone was enough to intimidate that defensive line of the of the Philadelphia Eagles because you know as well as I know, once he opened get through that hole, he's gone. So they had to strategize around him, and they did a very good job on him, stopping him. He only had six carries for seven yards, and he had a TD in this game. Miles Sanders for the Eagles, he had 14 carries for 69 yards, in the receiving department, D.K. Metcalf, he was he had seven receptions. He was targeted nine times for 160 yards in the TD. And Dallas Goldert for the Eagles, the tight end, he had seven receptions. He was targeted eight times for 73 yards. And they was pretty matched up, like I said, between the Eagles and the Seahawks, the Battle of the Birds. They... Rushing yards, they pretty much outrushed the Seattle Seahawks. They had 120 total yards rushing to 64. But the passing yards what got them at 318 total passing yards to 162. And total yards per game, Seattle kind of had the edge on that. They had 382 total yards to 282 to the Eagles. Both teams, um, sack, well, the sack department, I should say, the edge went to Seattle because they sacked once about seven, at least four or five times that I saw. I don't know if it was a complete seven, but he got sacked a lot in this game. Sacked a whole lot. And they had three key fumbles in that football game that really was costly with them. So when I look down and I break down the stats of what I saw to why this game was such a low-scoring game, it was pretty much a defensive game on both sides of the football, but the Seattle Seahawks defense was that much more stronger than the Philadelphia Eagles. And Seattle, like I said, went on to win this game 17-9. Now, talking about Carson Wentz, he's been injured for the last few seasons now, since he entered into the league. I don't know. Is is I mean, I, for all of y'all out there that, you know, send me a tweet, send me a, a, a message on the Scoop Talk Show on Facebook, DM me on IG at the real Sean Harris, you know, send a, send a message to Yellow Jacket Network, care of the Scoop Talk Show. The question is, and for a lot of Eagles fans out there too, this is true, this is most important. With all of the injuries that Carson Wentz has sustained since he been come, came into the league, and now with this situation here to end his season, is it possible, do you think, he will go ahead and retire like Andrew Luck did early? Because after all, he got $40 million in the bank. 
And the way the collective bargaining agreement now works in the NFL, quarterbacks are now the highest paid players on the roster. Andrew Luck suddenly retired this year. He got plenty of money. Injuries took a hold of him. Do you think the same for Carson Wentz? Do you think that the injuries that he's been sustaining the last two seasons and now this situation here, and we don't know how he's going to be during the offseason or what's going to make out after all of this is over, will he be fit to play the start of next season? Will he do the same thing as Andrew Luck did? Retire early? Like I said, DM me on IG. Send a message to the show's Facebook page, the Scoop Talk Show on Facebook. Send me a tweet on YJ Media. That's capital Y, capital J, capital Media, capital K, little A, capital Z, little double O. Send a message in care of the Scoop Talk Show to Yellow Jacket Network. I would like to hear from any football fan out there, particularly Eagles fans, on your take and your thought about that question. And hopefully I can get a poll out there on Twitter and any of my other websites so that people can vote in and let me know your response to that. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show with your host Sean Harris right here on Yellow Jacket Network. We'll be right back. Hey, I got the facts and the facts don't lie. You know that, I know that. Say what? You can now take the show anywhere to go to yellowjackinmedia.com. Click on the podcast and listen today. The Scoop Talk Show each and every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Hey, there's two sides to every story and I'm aiming to get the scoop on it. And never before. This is the real deal. Hello everyone, this is Sean Harris here, host of the Scoop Talk Show. I would like to send congratulations out to the WMU men's football team and head coach Tim Lester and his staff. They put together a great season here to close out the decade in 2019, winning six consecutive bowl game appearances in a row. That's six to represent the MAC title for Western Michigan University. Congratulations to Tim Lester, the football players, the staff, and everyone else that was involved to make this season a great season for Western Michigan Men's University football team to make it to the first responder bowl. WMU, go Broncos. Hello, Sean Harris here, host of the Scoop Talk Show. Be sure to catch 215 Live right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. everyone and welcome back. This segment of the Scoop Talk Show is brought to you by OMG Sweets. OMG Sweets has everything to sweeten that sweet tooth of yours, the cake, the pies, the, cu- the cupcakes, you name it, she got it. To follow her, you can follow her on Instagram and Facebook to place an order. Like, share, and subscribe, OMG Sweets. That's double O-H E-double-M-G-double-E OMG Sweets. Oh, what a heavenly treat. Turn over to NCAA foot, uh, basketball. Number 12 ranked Michigan traveled to Lansing 
to face off against number 14th ranked Michigan State. Now, early in the season in the poll projections, Michigan ranked as high as fourth to start the season. But they fell a little bit. They fell to 10-4 and four in the Big Ten, and now they rank number 12th in the nation. And Michigan State is pretty much on the up climb. Tom Izzo got them boys playing great outstanding basketball. And what can you say about them? They're 12-3 and three in the Big Ten. They're first in the Big Ten. But they're ranked number 14. How could that be? It's beyond me. In front of a crowd of 14,797 at the Jack Breslin Student Events Center in East Lansing, Michigan, Michigan State played outstanding basketball, and they went on to beat Michigan, uh, upsetting them 87-69. to 69. And what could you say? That game was a phenomenal game. For both teams, um, for Michigan, my goodness, man, what can you say? I mean, Juwan Howard had the boys playing outstandingly great, but you got to do a little bit more against uh, Michigan State in order to beat them like that. Yeah, I know he was using the post-up game a lot. He was using... A lot of low post games, techniques against them, scoring in the paint, that's fine. But that just simply is not going to get it done against Michigan, against uh, State. It's not going to get it done. State closed out the first quarter up by 10, 44 to 34. Then in the second half, they outscored them again, 43 to 35. So they kind of limited Michigan's ability to spread the ball around the court, getting key shots off, and just closing in defensive-wise on them to keep them at bay, keep, keeping them honest on passing that ball to the inside. Their guards could not really muster and do anything against State, State had everything under control. Tom Enzo got them, had them boys playing great defense against Michigan. Um, Michigan State was 28 out of 53. They shot 52% from the field. Michigan was 25 out of 69. They shot 36% of the, of the field. The three-point department, like I said, they kept Michigan honest on not being able to have their key prolific shooters or their guards hit the big threes. They was 5 out of 23 for 21%. Michigan State was 7 for 15 for 46%. The free throw department, they was kind of like fairly even. State taking that by 10 free throws. Rebounding, they out-rebounded Michigan 43 to 34. Michigan only had two categories where they pretty much dominated, and that was the offensive rebound 14 to 8, as well as the steals. 7-3. Blocks, like I said, State, big man, was blocking shots everywhere. They had 12 blocks in this game to Michigan's 5. Turnovers was pretty much even with the edge going to Michigan, 10-13. to 13. And it was just pretty much an even type game. But defensive-wise was the difference maker for State. Went and taking over, pulling away at this uh, this game here. Michigan had four players in double figures. Leading the way was uh, John Teske, the center. He played 25 minutes with 15 points, five rebounds. He was 50% at the free throw line. He had a steal, two blocks, but he turned the ball over three times. He was your leading scorer for the squad. Xavier Thompson, he played... 38 minutes, he had 14 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists. He was 1 for 4 for free throw line. He had 1 steal, and he also turned the ball over twice. So you're not going to be able to get that done if you're turning the ball over at all. And it was just crazy. And on the Michigan State side, Cassius Winston, the guard. This guy has been playing out of his mind since the season started. We all know about the passing of his brother, which was very tragic. 
But this kid has been playing out of his mind. Out of his freaking mind for Michigan State. And Tom Izzo is loving every minute of it. Every minute of it. He played 38 minutes. He scored 32 points. He had two rebounds. He had nine assists. He was 8 of 11 from the free throw line. He had one steal. He turned the ball over twice, but those were meaningless turnovers, of course. Meaningless. And the crazy part about this game was that they only had two players in double figures. Winston being one of them, and Xavier Tillman, the forward, being the other. He played 36 minutes. He had 20 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists. He went 9-14 from the free throw line. One steal, six blocks. Yeah, he turned the ball over five times. But you know what? A win is a win, and that don't even matter. They both together combined for 52 of the 87 points for State. Whereas you had Michigan have four players in double figure, and they was only able to muster up 67 points. I mean, excuse me, 69 points. So, congratulations to the Michigan State Spartans. As Like I said, they win against rival Michigan, upsetting them 87-69 to 69 at the Jack Breslin Center in East Lansing in front of 14,797 people screaming out of their mind. Most of them students, of course. But nonetheless, they were screaming out of their mind. And... The key players was for Michigan, Xavier Simpson. He was 14, he had 14 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists, a steal. And like I said, Xavier Tillman, 4 state, the 20 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, the 1 steal, and the 6 blocks. The 6 blocks was key in that game because, like I said, he was blocking shots like no other. Both teams will have some days off. Michigan will host Purdue at home at the Big House. That's January 9th. And then State will be hosting the Minnesota Golden Gophers in East Lansing at 9 p.m. The Michigan game is at 7 p.m. Both of them are January 9th. And we'll see if Michigan can now get themselves back up and going again because they now failed to rank 19 in the country with that loss. Michigan now jumps up to the top 10. They rank 8th. So Michigan got to have a big turnaround. Jawan Howard got to find some kind of way to get these boys back playing again so they can get back into the top 10 of the college rankings after falling from 12 to 19. And like I said, Tom Izzo, led by Cassius Winston, are playing out of their freaking minds right now, and they moved up six spots from 14 to in the top 10 to eight. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show with your host, Sean Harris, right here on Yellow Jacket Network. We'll be right back. sure to catch my friend Pat Rose with Set the Hook with Pat Rose each and every Monday right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Hey everyone, this is Sean Harris, host of the Scoop Talk Show. You know you can listen to my show on iTunes and the Apple Podcast. Yes, that's right. I said it. iTunes and the Apple Podcast. If you have an Apple phone, you can download that for free. Or if you have an Android phone, all you have to do is just go to Facebook.com and search for the Scoop Talk Show, and there will be a link connected for you so that you can listen to my show, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, the Scoop Talk Show, Yellow Jacket Media Network. Don't miss it.
Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This segment of the Scoop Talk Show was brought to you by Stay Glassy Smoke Shop. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop has everything you need to e-vapes, to hookahs, to e-cigarettes, to glass pipes, you name it. Check them out real soon. Go see Gary and the guys soon. Turn it over to the NBA. Talks has now been escalated very firmly now for the services of Andre Drummond, Detroit Pistons center. Drummond has stated in a quote, according to the score website, he's not interested in leaving the Motor City. He plans on wanting to play his career, his whole entire career, with Detroit. Quote, I'm not a quitter for one. Unquote. When they won against Golden State on Saturday night. He also said, quote, I never thought, I never brought up to be a quitter. If I start somewhere else, I try to finish there. Try to complete the mission, which is to win a championship here. Unquote. And that was according to ESPN's Nick Friedel. He went on to say also, quote, it will never be me that wants to go anywhere. I love being here. I would love to play here for the rest of my career, unquote. Now the Pistons, like I said, once again, are in heavy talks with a lot of prospective teams for the services of someone like Drummond. There have been reports that the Boston Celtics, the Dallas Mavericks, the Toronto Raptors, and now the Atlanta Hawks has now thrown their name in the hat for Drummond Services. Drummond who holds a $28.7 million player option for the 2021 campaign, he can't exercise that to opt out. But from what he's saying, he want to stay in the Motor City and he want to keep playing for the Pistons. But the question remains, is he still can continue fit in the scheme of how the Pistons are now designed to play ball now? Because, after all, his role in what it is that they're doing is effective, but it's not effective on a lot of wins. Last dominant big man that was effective like that and they won games was Shaq for the Lakers. And now the center position has now moved out of the paint and across the three-point line. These guys are coming into the league at seven feet tall, shooting three-pointers, mid-range jumpers. Can ha- they got handles. They can handle the basketball, dribbling between their legs and all this different type of stuff, all led by Arvinus Sabonis way back in the day when he played with Portland. Arvinus Sabonis was the first big man to ever do something like that. He was the first really true European big man that came from overseas to play the way they're playing today. Which now you got Dirk Nowitzki doing it, and a lot of several other players is doing it. Dragic and, and all of them. But Mark Eaton, that played for the Utah Jazz back in the 80s, he was the only three-point shooter back in that time. He used to give Kareem Abdul-Jabbar fits whenever he faced off against them because now with the ability of these guys are doing it more and more and more, it takes away their average on rebounding. It takes away their averaging on defensive plays like block shots, protecting the rim, and everything like that. And Drummond is still one of those type of centers that I'm going low, Give me the ball. Because after, he's not really a great rim protector at all. I mean, he allowed more players to score against him in the paint than probably any other center right now in the league today. He's, he's a big guy, and he got the ability with power to get that ball up into the rim and score. But with the way the Pistons are designing plays now, the question is, is he an excellent fit of their scheme on what it is they're trying to do? Because, after all, he is scoring. 
but it's not enough to win basketball games for the Detroit Pistons. So, will his eight-year career come to an end with Detroit? Or will he continue on throughout 2021 when his opt-out year comes around? Because, like I said, he is due $28.7 million. Will he opt out of that and go somewhere else? Yeah, because the Pistons now, right now, is looking at future draft picks trade talks for Drummond in regards of this season. And is it seat fit to trade Drummond right now? Because the deadline is February 6th of this year. If they don't trade him, then they got to pay him. They have to pay him that 28 point some odd million dollars or 29 million dollars roughly to keep him and retain him because Blake Griffin right now and speaking of Blake Griffin as of Tuesday he is now done for the season yes Blake Griffin is now done for the season he took the operation he has to now end his season Right now, because what we're talking about with the Pistons is that they're hovering around the eighth seed, which they've been doing for the last few years, or they are on the cusp of making the playoffs and not getting in at all. So the Pistons now are in a rebuild mode, like every team do, and including the Patriots right now in the NFL. Every team has to go through a rebuild mode at some juncture of the team's history. And for the Pistons, it's right now. My opinion, you trade Drummond, get whatever value market you can for him. You set Griffin down for the rest of the season. Let him come back to see if he can come back next season at 100% or close to 100% and to see where they go. And you look at the NBA draft, who's coming out of the draft, what you need for the Pistons, to get better. Not get worse, but get better. And for the Pistons, this is my opinion of what they need to do. And they need to do that right now because if you're trying to win now, you can't do that with Andre Drummond on your roster with all that cap money that you can get and retain for him by trading him before the deadline, and you need a healthy Blake Griffin to come back next season to be able to see what he can do for the Pistons as well. Leading the Pistons to a second playoff appearance in 10 years since he first got there, leaving the Clippers. But so far this year, he's only been limited to just 18 games, averaging 15.5 points per game and just over five or 4.5 rebounds a game. He's currently right now in the third, third year of a five-year, $171 million contract that he signed with the Detroit Pistons uh, back in 2017, which was a max contract deal because that originally included what the Clippers were still paying him, which was $38.9 million in his final season with the L.A. Clippers. So that 38 Almost $39 million is included into that $171 million. The Pistons right now, they sitting in 11th in the East. And then you got to look at the draft picks. You got to look at the free agent market. You got to look at all of that in regards to making the Pistons a better team. Maybe, maybe one to two years from now to see where they at and evaluate the situation as an organization if I was the Pistons owner. Dwayne Casey, hell of a coach. He worked with a lot of young players in Toronto, and he made superstars out of those young players like a Kyle Lowry, and he brought DeMar DeRozan on board and, and, and everything like that. So he is very great at working with young talent 
And this is what the Pistons need right now, in my opinion. We're going to keep a close eye out on that, as well as a lot of other stories that we are keeping abreast upon right here at the uh, Scoop Talk Show. And the minute we get anything, we'll be glad to share it with you guys as well. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show right here with your host Sean Harris right here on Yellow Jacket Network. We'll be right back. That's all the time I have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Scoop Talk Show. I would like to thank my sponsors who made this show possible because without them, I couldn't do it without them. Western Michigan University. Go Broncos. Keizu Coney. Keizu Coney has everything that's provided for you on the breakfast and lunch menus for your enjoyment. If you happen to be coming to Kalamazoo, or you happen to live in Kalamazoo, go check them out. Kezu Coney, home away from home. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop has everything they, that you need for your smoking needs. They have hookahs, vapes, and accessories, and much, much more. To check them out, to find out for special deals, go to their Facebook page and their Instagram page, and be sure to like and follow them at Stay Glassy Kazoo. OMG Sweets. What can I say about OMG Sweets? Proud supporter of the Scoop Talk Show. She has everything from cakes to pies, to churros, to cookies, to cupcakes, to sweeten that sweet tooth of yours, whether it's during the day or late at night. And also, she special order cater things for your liking for any occasion that you have coming up throughout the whole entire year. OMG Sweets. You can find her, like and follow her page on Facebook and Instagram to purchase your orders at O-O-H-E-M-M-G-E-E. Sweets, OMG Sweets, oh, what a heavenly treat. And I would like to thank you, the sponsor, for continuing tuning in to the Scoop Talk Show because without you, this show would not be possible. I'm out of here like the breeze through the trees when I'm gone. I'm taking all the leaves. Peace. See you next time. Love one another. Take care.